Hello and welcome to the first edition. That's right, the first edition of the Lions Football Show, working title. I'm Lance Cartelli, managing editor of Lions.com, the greatest website on the internet. Joining me today and every week is former NFL player Eric Crocker. Crocky, how's it going? It's going good, man. I'm excited to, you know, do this and talk about some football, talk about where people might need to put their money this weekend. And, you know, everybody's into betting, so this will be intriguing for everyone. That's right. Yeah, you can check out Crocky's wide receiver uh, defensive back breakdowns uh, every week on our Lions YouTube page. And, you know, Eric said it, uh, we're on the today's episode, we're going to break down our six favorite games from week 11. I'm picking my three favorites. Crocky's going to pick his three favorites and we'll give our best bets against the spread for those six contests. And we'll take uh, some fantasy gambling or just straight football questions from the call in audience if we have any. But first, I thought we'd uh, introduce ourselves so people know kind of who we are. Crocky, you're much more noteworthy than me. So why don't you uh, start? Give us a little breakdown of who you are. Yeah, I'm uh, Eric Crocker, uh, former NFL and AFL defensive back. I actually spent a little bit of time with the New York Jets in 2013 playing for Rex Ryan. I was on the team with, you know, Geno Smith and Mark Sanchez and all those guys. So I uh, got to play one of my childhood guys I looked up to. Antonio Camardi was there with Darrell Revis. So that was a great experience. Also, I played a bunch of years in the Arena Football League. But I think more notably is what I've done after my playing career, which is kind of Get into the the whole scene of, of, you know, talking about sports, whether it's the 49ers, obviously now with lines, talking about, you know, just betting and lines and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm active on social media at Eric underscore Crocker. That's where everybody can find me. Yeah, follow him there. Uh, and for myself, uh, I'm a former Emmy Award winner. Used to work at NFL.com. I was a writer and editor there. I was a writer at CBS Sports, 24-7 Sports. Now the managing editor of Lines.com in charge of all the content. And we're your experts today. So let's let's uh, dig into the games. Uh, Crocky, you want to start with your, your third favorite game uh, this week? Once you're unmuted. Yeah, there we go. All right. So, yeah. Um, I have a few <laughs> games that I really wanted to get into, but I, I think my third favorite is probably the Bills against the Colts. And when you look at this, you, you get the Bills, you know, they're minus seven, and I'm actually going to go with the minus seven, all right, for them. So I'm taking the I'm taking the uh, minus seven with the Buffalo Bills. And Bills right now, one thing that's intriguing, they have the second highest score on offense right now to the Dallas Cowboys. And when you look at the Colts, they've been good against, like, the turnover differential. They're second behind only the Buffalo Bills, but the Bills have had these just huge explosive games where they score a ton of points. And when they do that, when they're locked in, these games aren't even close. So when I look at a game like this with a Bills team that is more talented than the Colts, especially when you have, you know, kind of quarterback for quarterback, you know, who's going to make more plays when it comes down to, you know, Carson Wentz and you have Josh Allen on the other side. Wentz, when he starts to press, that's where he gets in a bit of trouble. So right now, this is one of my uh, favorite matchups of the week. I'm taking the Bills minus seven. Okay, you know I'm actually going to disagree with you on our first game, so that's good. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Bills to win, but they're not gonna cover. I got them uh, winning 27-21, which would be the under. The over under is 49 and a half. Uh, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I just think that the Bills are just too inconsistent. They looked great last week. You know, Josh Allen rebounded nicely, threw some absolutely jaw dropping passes. But the week before still is on my radar when they lost uh, nine to six to the, the lowly Jags. So I think the Colts, they've been playing better. You know, they started 0-3. They're an improving team. Wentz is playing better under center. 
but I still expect him to struggle against one of the best defenses in the league. Outside of Michael Pittman, the the Colts just lack playmakers. You know, they have Jonathan Taylor, who's arguably the best running back in the uh, NFL this season, just the second year. But I just think that Bills pass game is going to be, or the Bills uh, secondary is just going to be too much for them. Um, and this, I think it's going to be a little reminiscent of the uh, playoff game from last year where the Bills just narrowly eked out a 27-24 victory that ended uh, Phillip Rivers' career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like Carson Wentz in these type of games where he has, when he starts to feel like he has to do too much, that's where he gets in the most trouble. You know, I talked about the Colts having the second best turnover turnover differential, and a lot of that is, you know, early in the season when they're really leaning on the run game. Carson Wentz doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but once teams start to kind of make it to where he has to try to win those games, and we've seen it in several games this year, he will start to have those turnover worthy plays. And I think that's what's ultimately going to get them in the most trouble, especially against the Bills team where Josh Allen will start to take advantage of that. Yeah, I expect Allen to have uh, a nice game again, not as good of a game as against the Jets. But, you know, once they, they started playing their best running back, Matt Breida, it kind of unlocked the offense again for them. And like I said, Allen was just – he threw some of the most beautiful passes last week. So even with a potentially inconsistent offense, uh, I'm going to take them, but not to cover that, that seven points. All right, like let's it. go with my third favorite game now. Uh, Bengals at Raiders. We've got Bengals minus one and a half. Over-under is 50 and a half. Uh, for both these teams, they're going in the wrong direction after really solid starts. Bengals buried the Ravens 41 to 17 a couple years ago, and everyone started jumping on that Cincy bandwagon. But after a couple of bad losses to the Jets and Browns, everyone's hurting their ankles jumping back off the bandwagon. Uh, on the other side, uh, I've got the Raiders. You know, it's just a crazy year. You know, John Gruden drama, the Henry Ruggs arrest, releasing Damon Arnett. I'm actually kind of surprised that the the Raiders just haven't completely imploded, that they're still in the playoff hunt. You know, they're the nine seed right now, and they're playing the eight seed Bengals. So this has a huge playoff implication game. I think whoever loses this game is probably out of it. Uh, I'll, I'll hold my, uh, my call who's going to win until I hear from you. Yeah, well, you know, I think you touched on a lot of keynotes there. And it's it's crazy how the Raiders haven't just completely imploded. I think a big part of that has to do with Derek Carr, the quarterback, who's kind of really been holding this whole thing together. He's been out front. He's really been the face of the team for a while now. And this team has really faced a lot of adversity over the years, whether it was with coaching changes, uh, you know, and everything else that they have going on now with, you know, whether you have the, the arrest or or you have players uh, threatening to kill <laughs> random people. They yeah. this. This quarterback has had to deal with a lot, and he's took everything on, and he's handled it like a pro. Now, there's only so much a guy can can really take on, and the team continue to click. So I do think, you know, looking at this game against the Bengals, this is going to be a difficult matchup for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I, I agree. At one and a half, you know, Bengals are on the road and they're getting points. I find that really interesting. But you're right. Derek Carr is playing the best he's ever played in his career. He's arguably been a top five, top seven quarterback just from this season. And he's really holding it together because the defense isn't that good. Obviously, the pass rush is much improved. But with all the drama, they don't, you know, Waller's really their only real option on offense. And I guess a little Hunter Renfro. Uh, I just, uh, I as a pick, you know, I think I like the Raiders at home with the points. And you know what? I actually like their money line, too. I'm going to take the Raiders 28-27 over the Bengals. 
And I'm I'm with you right there, especially when you have a point spread of, you know, just it's plus one and a half. It's like, man, you're better off just going ahead and taking the money line and trying to get as much money out of this as you can. I'm with you. I'm gonna stick with the Las Vegas Raiders as well. Again, I'm not I'm not extremely confident because again, I'm 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 looking at this team and I don't know who's gonna show up. There have been times where they've played well, you know, even without a Gruden and you know, not having the head coach who he's the offensive guy behind this whole thing. But I believe in Derek Carr. Believe in what he's doing, what he's standing for. I like a lot of the weapons. I think Hunter Renfro, he's playing terrific football at the receiver position. We just saw them get their bus kicked by Kansas City where they had kind of a second-half meltdown. I think this time they're going to be able to do well and actually beat the Bengals on the road. Bengals, still a young team, going through a lot of transitions right now. They're still trying to find their way. You, you can see that in this skid that they're on right now. I'm going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders and just a more veteran team. I feel like they're built a little bit more to be able to take on this. Okay. okay a little upset special. Yeah. I, and you know, to dig into this game a little more, I think it's a great game for fantasy and to stack up on DFS. Both these defenses are struggling. Like look at what, uh, the uh, Bengals defense did with Mike White and Baker Mayfield. They made him look like Hall of Famers. Like Mike White's jersey is in the Hall of Fame for his one start because of that. So I'm expecting Carr to just <laughs> absolutely slice them up. So big game from Waller, big game from Hunter Renfro, and we probably get another strong performance from Brian Edwards after he had a, a nice touchdown last week. And then on the other side with, uh, with the Bengals, I expect Burrow and the offense to really hit the ground running. Uh, you know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are in really good spots uh, for DFS. And even with the that Raiders pass rush, I do think that since he's going to be able to put up points, so this is a game I would definitely look at stacking DFS-wise. Yeah, now when, when you're looking at some of these props on these you know, wide receiver props and things like that, and you look at the receiving yards, we have uh, Jamar Chase, who's really been cooking this year. He's off to a terrific start. But his over-under is 74 and a half yards. Do you think he went, uh, gets it in this matchup against the Raiders? I think he does. I think uh, I think they're going to to focus on him and really feed him. And all he really has to do, he's such a big play threat that if he catches one deep pass, that might be it. So I'm expecting him to get more targets now that, you know, he's pushing past this little rookie wall and he's he's expanding. And he just really eats up targets even when there's when you have Mixon and you have uh, Boyd and you have T. Higgins. Still think Chase is going to eat. Yeah, and he's been doing that. He's been doing a terrific job of that. And, you know, over the last few weeks, you know, he's still getting the targets. The the reception's not quite there. I think he had, what, nine catches for less than 100 yards over the last two two games. So uh, we'll see if he can kind of start to get back on track, what he was doing early in the year. Yeah, he's dominating. He's dominating air yards. So it's really just a matter of them connecting. And I expect them to be able to do that. Like we saw what Daryl Williams did. Uh, last week with the Chiefs against the Raiders. He had that huge uh, touchdown catch. It's because a lot of the Raiders' secondary just doesn't have the, the ball skills to to match up, and that's where Jamar Chase really wins is at that catch point. And even if he's covered, he's going to make the catch, and I trust his ball skills over the, the Raiders. Well, that's a tough thing, too, with my evaluation of him, you know, coming out of LSU. When you look at Jamar Chase and how he wins, and a lot of it was vertically. thought he struggled to, you know, get that separation underneath to be that high volume catch guy, you know, and be consistent. You know, I felt like he was going to have to go to an offense where the quarterback did trust him to make those contested catches. And obviously he went to a, an offense with his former college quarterback who, you know, was a big part of the reason why he had that historically great season at LSU. So, you know, him at, you know, playing with the Cincinnati Bengals has been beneficial again, like you said, with the air yards. I like to see if he can start to get more consistent on some of the underneath stuff as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. We saw what he can do with the ball in his hands. He had that amazing touchdown against the Ravens just off the slant. So I expect, that's the one thing I really want to see from his game to expand. We know he can hit the deep play, but yeah, if he can start doing the intermediate and the shorter routes, the sky's really the limit for him. All right, so uh, what do you, with my uh, second game, all right, we've both gone over our third games. My second game will actually be right. the San Francisco 49ers at the Jacksonville Jaguars and the 49ers are at minus seven. I'm actually taking the points, which I can't believe I'm doing that because I don't know. We're not taking the points. I'm taking the 49ers minus seven. We still don't know exactly who the 49ers are, but we know who the Jaguars are and they are a bad football team. And everything is, there's just so much on that young quarterback, that young rookie quarterback. I was watching their last game against the Colts and it was just every snap. It felt like it was hero ball and he has to make the play. He has to make the throw. And I just don't think that's a good way to be able to win games. And I think more likely if you're playing against a team like the 49ers who want to really run the ball. And the Colts had a lot of success against the Jaguars running, which is crazy because Jags, their run defense is actually much better than their pass defense. But with the success that the Colts had in the run, if the 49ers can have a healthy balance, I think Jaguars are going to be a lot of trouble. Jimmy Garoppolo right now, He's playing at a high level, especially the last three games. Last week, he had the highest uh, QBR in the football league. So, yeah, I'm going to take the 49ers minus seven against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, interesting. Uh, it's uh, I think you're forgetting one major thing, though. This is a Trent Balky and C.J. Beathard revenge game. So I don't know if it's <laughs> into consideration or anything. But I, I totally agree with you. Uh, I think it comes down really to the quarterbacks, which isn't really you know saying too much. But you're right. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is playing hero ball. It's it's so tough to watch and evaluate him because he's trying to do so much, and the offensive line's so bad, and the coaching is so bad. And his number one receiver is Jamal Agnew, like a glorified return man. So I expect Jimmy G to outplay. Yeah, right. Former defensive and, back. Uh, I expect Jimmy G to continue playing well. Like it's no surprise that with Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk now all playing healthy-ish and everything, Jimmy G's finally playing his best ball of the season and everything. His ball placement and third down conversions were phenomenal against the Rams in their that upset victory on Monday night. But I do have a couple things where uh, you know I think the Niners covering is going to be interesting. So at minus seven, they are on a short week. They're traveling traveling across country. And, it, you know, this could be a trap game. They just had this huge emotional victory over the Rams, and now they go play the lowly Jags. You know, we've seen this before from the Niners. He's, they're inconsistent. So I, I do think the Niners win, but I don't think they cover. I got them winning 20 to 14. The, the reason why I have them covering is just because I feel like it's just going to be much – there's just is everything is just so much on the rookie quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, and I feel like he, there's going to be some turnovers. He has to do too much. Well, the 49ers are going to lean on that run game. They're going to ride that run game, and they're going to let Jacksonville make all the mistakes. And the 49ers do that. They are clearly the better and more talented and more experienced team. So from that standpoint, I just like them really continuing what they did last week. Now maybe not be able to run the ball 44 times. That was crazy, but just in the sense of really, you know, what it looked like, the dominance. And to be able to do that against the Rams, I see them doing that against the Jaguars as long as the 49ers don't turn the ball over. That's going to be the big key for them. If the 49ers limit the turnovers, I think they should have really a big game, and I don't think it should be close. Yeah, that's the great equalizer. I agree. If they if the Niners can win the turnover margin, with the, which they've struggled against, struggled to do, 
I think it's a blowout, but I still just, without Elijah Mitchell, uh, looks like Jermichael Hasey's not going to play, so it's going to be a big Jeff Wilson game. We'll probably actually see Trey Sermon touch the ball, which will be interesting. So I don't, the run game, you know, they pounded the rock against the Rams, but it still wasn't very efficient. They, it, they were much more efficient passing the ball. So I'm still a little worried about the running game. I know that they're going to, you know, pound the rock and everything. And then Kyle Shanahan's just been so inconsistent as a coach that, uh, you know, I, I want him to stay aggressive, but I can see him being more of trying not to lose than trying to win this game. But uh, I think my big key outside of the quarterbacks is Kawan Williams. I think it's going to be a big Kawan Williams game. He'll have to slow down Agnew or LaVisca Chenault if they actually use him in the slot like they should. And he's going to have to play a big part in the in stopping the run game. You know, stop James Robinson, which, you know, the Jaguars are really going to rely on. And then uh, they'll probably use him a lot uh, to – pressure Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence struggles against the pass rush. And so Quan Williams is one of the best blitzing corners. So I think if he has a strong game and can kind of shut down the middle of the field and apply some pressure, then I, I definitely think the Niners uh, come out yeah, easily on top. Yeah, and, I, and I'm glad you mentioned Agnew because he's really the X factor in this game. You watch that big explosive game that he had against uh, the uh, Indianapolis Colts, uh, really explosive down the left sideline on a big run. I think they said that he had like 50 yards over what was expected. So, you know, that was kind of a key metric to see what type of uh, explosive ability he has that is really hard to account for. That was awesome. I saw them using him on like a jet sweep as well. So if there is one player that can make things a little interesting for the Jaguars, it's probably him. Yeah, I yeah I agree. Especially, I mean, it's so surprising how much they're featuring him. I really thought coming in the season, like everybody else, it was going to be a big Lavisca Chanel. You know, they're going to find ways to use him, like they're using Agnew, but they're not. And Agnew's, you know, more power to him. He's been pretty amazing with the ball in his hands, and he's like you said, he's a former defensive back, so he's still just getting better. But I just expect Warner and Kawan Williams, and you know, the improving Niners linebackers to be able to slow down the middle of the field and stop them there. All right, cool. Let's, so what's your second uh, Let's go to my second yeah, game, which is the Cardinals at the Seahawks. Another NFC West mm-hmm. uh, matchup. Uh, Cardinals, two-point favorites on the road, over under 47.5. Uh, Cardinals being two-point favorites means uh, Vegas clearly thinks Kyler Murray is playing in this game, which makes sense after he's practiced this week. It doesn't look as good for DeAndre Hopkins, still uh, sitting out with that bum hamstring. But it wouldn't be a shocker to me, honestly, if the Cardinals rested uh, Kyler Murray and uh, Hopkins with the bye next week. But if Kyler's playing, I think this is a no-brainer Cardinals win. What do you think? I'm actually going to take the Cardinals as well. (laughs) You know, and this is interesting to me because the Seahawks, they've been really kind of the boogeyman of the NFC West, and they've been in control of this whole thing, especially when Russell Wilson's healthy, you know, you know you always have a chance to win. And I think even looking at this, Marge, I think that's how Vegas is looking at it as well. They're like, look, Russell Wilson's playing. This game should be really close. And with the Arizonans at home, right? No, uh, Seahawks are at home. Oh, Seahawks. Okay, so, yeah, they're not getting any points. So, yeah, you, you look at this situation, and, again, they haven't really been good, whether it's at home, whether it's on the road. Uh, Russell Wilson not really playing his best Football, then again, it's coming off that finger injury. I think that's something else that they're trying to still get in that rhythm and slow things down. So I like Arizona. I just think that, you know, when you look at uh, even Kyler Murray, will he be hampered a little bit by that ankle injury? I believe it was a high ankle sprain. And 
I've had a high ankle sprain before. Those things are hard to really come back from and feel feel like you're yourself. You always feel like you're gonna uh, hurt it again. It almost feels like a broken ankle. So you know, we'll figure. Yeah, out. those are season killers. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how his ankle is doing. We'll see how you know uh, how confident he is in that thing holding up. And if you don't have DeAndre Hopkins out there as your biggest playmaker, I think this thing can be really close. But see, I was just not playing good football on either side of the ball. I think. You know, when it comes down to which defense might play better, I'm assuming that the Cardinals defense will play a little bit better. They just did just get their butt kicked, uh, but I feel like they'll bounce back from that and actually play some good football. So I'm with you, man. I'm taking the arrows on the Cardinals in this one. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the, the thing is, though, the Seahawks defense is getting better. They're, they, I mean, they only had one way to go from earlier in the season because they were so bad. So I definitely think they can keep them in the game. And then I definitely expect Russell Wilson to play better. I don't know if he's going to be 100% with that finger, but I think he's going to knock off some of that rust if he can get some of that accuracy issues down after that disastrous game last week. I think they have a shot, especially you know at home and everything. But even Kyler less than 100%, I still feel like that's an easy pick for me. The Cardinals just have a much better defense, a more well-rounded roster. And even without uh, Hopkins, you know Christian Kirk's playing better. I'd love to see them use Rondale Moore more. And uh, AJ Green uh, looks like he's going to be back. So yeah, I've got the Cardinals covering easily with uh, with Kyler coming back twenty eight twenty one. But if they do sit Kyler, give me the Seahawks at home with the points. Right. Yep. I agree. We'll find that out. Probably <laughs> that'll be a game time decision. So be be yeah, cautious when putting your money down in this game. Wait until you can f- kind of figure out one hundred percent what's going on with Kyler Murray. Yeah, definitely. But if once it's guaranteed, that line's probably going to move a little bit too. So that'll be uh, interesting. But, but you know, Arizona's seven three against the spread. I, I just think that's going to continue this week. Right. So my in my last game, I have the Dallas Cowboys against the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm actually going to go with the Dallas Cowboys at plus two. Now. Looking at this matchup, I have some like key little notes here. Yeah, the Cowboys, who are number one in not only yards on the season, but also number one in points per game. So they're scoring more points than anyone in the NFL. And that's also with, you know, Dak Prescott missing a little bit of time, right? And they had some weird stinker game against the Denver Broncos. I think that was an outlier. I don't think that's something we're going to have to worry about too often with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Kansas City, when you look at them in yards, they're at bottom seven. And giving up yards, and then they're also bottom half of the league in points given up. And Kansas City right now is third to last in the turnover differential, while Dallas Cowboys is sixth best. So I think right now what it comes down to is who's playing better football at the quarterback position. And then I mean it's crazy to say this, but it's actually Dak Prescott. And I think that he's gonna really be the yep. X factor in this whole thing. I think the Cowboys offensively have a little too much for Kansas City and that defense. When you look at the receivers out there, got uh CeeDee Lamb, who's been terrific. You also have Amari Cooper, who can display at any time. And uh, Gallup, who's like a terrific third receiver for them. And I didn't even mention the running game, you know, with, uh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott and number 20. I don't know why I can't think of his name right now. but Tony Pollard. Uh, Tony Pollard. There we go. Out of uh, Memphis, I believe it is. So I think the Cowboys just have too much. And then I also saw something that said the Dallas Cowboys uh, left tackle and center, I believe, are like both – one of the top five rated offensive linemen in the league. So just think the Chiefs, there's a little too much uh, going against them in this, and they're just not playing their best football right now, while Dallas Cowboys, they're just playing at a high level outside of that 
uh, game against the the, the uh, Broncos. So I'm I'm gonna go with Dallas right now, plus two and a half, taking the points. Yeah, I I am on board with you. I am. I'm kind of jealous you stole this game from me. This is going to be my number one game, too. I think it's clearly the best game of the week. And I'm just yeah. ecstatic that the Chiefs look like the Chiefs again after demolishing the Raiders. One, just a lot more fun watching football when Patrick Mahomes is doing crazy cool stuff. And it is just so entertaining. And it made this matchup a lot juicier. If the Chiefs came into this with, you know, they're li- like what they've been playing with the last uh, month or so, it would have been, you know, not as interesting. But this is a lot juicier now. I just think I completely agree with everything you said. Dak Prescott is the better quarterback. Uh, I think he's the, been the best quarterback in the NFL this season. I've got the Cowboys at number one in our latest uh, Lions power rankings. Check that out on lines.com. Uh, and, you know, I really like that they rebounded so nicely uh, against the Falcons last week after that uh, no-show against the Broncos. So, uh, you know, in a weird year, Dak Prescott looks to me like the, the favorite for MVP. He's just so good pre-snap, and then, you know, post-snap, obviously, too, that I expect him to just slice up this terrible Chiefs defense. You know, they're going to bring the the pressure against him, and I think that's the wrong way to, to go. Chiefs are an attacking, blitz-happy uh, defense, but that's exactly playing into Dak's hands. He knows exactly what he's going to do before the snap, so I think it's going to be a super frustrating day for the Chiefs defense. And I I, I think, uh, give me those points. I, I honestly take the Cowboys' money line here. I think they went straight up in Arrowhead, 35-33. Right. And, I mean, who would have thought that Dak Prescott would be playing the better football out of, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes and, and Dak Prescott? I mean, look at you look at Dak, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes. I think the alarming thing here is, and like what's most concerning, is I mentioned the stat about the turnover differential. The big part of that is it's Patrick Mahomes. He's turning the ball over at a high rate. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to win football games like that. Now, you can be down on a, 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 a Las Vegas Raiders team that's kind of trending downward, but it's going to be hard to beat a Dallas Cowboys team with that type of football. So, yeah, I feel confident with the Cowboys on this one. Yeah. And I hate to say that because as a 49er uh, person that covers the 49ers, 49er fan, my brother, he's a diehard, diehard uh, Cowboys fan. Like, he's going to rub this in my face, but uh, – yeah, I'm going with the Cowboys on this one. Plus yeah, two it's tough. It's it's really tough seeing the, the Cowboys good and everything. But, uh, yeah, I I agree. Uh, I do think there is a little worry, though. Uh, the Cowboys' defense is not going to be at full strength. They're not going to have Randy Gay- Gregory or Demarcus Lawrence. So I definitely think the Chiefs' offense is going to have a pretty good game. That's why I think it's going to be a high-scoring one, another one to definitely stack DFS-wise. But I just trust the Cowboys' offense and defense just way more than the Chiefs right now. And, uh, yeah – Mahomes is, is interesting because we talked about hero ball with Trevor Lawrence. Mahomes has been doing that all season. He really misses uh, having some more weapons on offense and they can never get that run game going. I'll be interested to see if Clyde Edwards, Hilaire gets activated and comes back and what his kind of playing time will be since the chiefs have found a, a pretty good balance with uh, at least in the passing game with uh, their running backs. And they're not really utilizing CEH like he was at LSU. So he could, if they come back and try to force him in, they could kind of slow down this role that they're on. But yeah, even with even a uh, an injured Cowboys defense, I trust against uh, that offense. Cool. Let's uh, let's move on to my right, favorite right, game of the week. Then right, technically my second favorite. It's going to be Packers at Vikings NFC North Showdown. Packers minus one on the road, over under forty six and a half. Find this line really interesting. The Packers have been. You know, arguably the best team in the NFC this season. Obviously, I have the Cowboys slightly ahead, but and they're only one point favorites on the road. 
you can uh, attribute that to just how well Kirk Cousins is playing. The, the Vikings are a mess on defense, a mess on the offensive line, but Kirk Cousins has just been playing great. Him and Derek Carr have been two of the most underrated quarterbacks so far. So uh, I think Vegas has given them a little love at uh, being plus one at home. I'm actually going with the Packers minus seven. I mean, minus one, excuse me. When you look at the Packers and what they're doing, especially, you know, you get uh, Aaron Rodgers back. And, you know, I think that's the that's the key here, right? Like when it's uh, Jordan Love out there, you know, it's a little simpler to be able to play against the Packers. But Aaron Rodgers out there, uh, I don't really bet against him. It's almost like Tom Brady, right, where it's just hard to pick against him. Now, he had a tough outing against the Arizona Cardinals, who almost outdueled him. And it really came down to like this weird busted play at the end where Kyler Murray threw the ball to mm-hmm. AJ Green and, and he went the wrong way or whatever. But Packers right here against the Vikings, like I just don't believe the Vikings. Like I, I don't know why. Kirk Cousins, he is playing good football, but when he's playing against a, a quarterback that's just far superior than him, I always take the other quarterback. It seems like uh, in big moments like that, Kirk Cousins always kind of is a shell of himself. So I'm going to go with the Packers minus one. Yeah, he struggles in the big games. I, I agree with you. I've got the Packers minus one. I've got them actually winning 23-21 over the Vikings in a close one. Uh, divisional games get a little weird, get a little wild. It's tough to play in Minnesota. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think you know Rodgers didn't play his best game coming off the uh, the COVID list last week. But kind of just like uh, Russell Wilson, I expect him knock that rust off, kind of get back into it and play better. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how they use A.J. Dillon with uh, Aaron Jones out. Could be a big A.J. Dillon game. The Vikings defense, which has been pretty bad all season, was surprisingly good last week. I think that's really why they won. They were just attacking from all these different places and getting a lot of pressure. But I just I can't go against the Packers, who have won nine straight against the spread, and that continues this week. Nine to one against the spread all season. They, they, uh, they cover 23-21. All right. Yep, so that's uh, that's our six game wrap up. Uh, you want to do a quick review of uh, of our picks? Okay. Okay. So uh, 49ers Definitely. Jaguars. Let's I've got the 49ers not covering and the under. I've got it. 49ers twenty Jaguars fourteen. What about you? I didn't pick uh, like an actual point, but I'll go with 49ers 31-13. I don't think it's going to be close after 49ers. Obviously, clearly taking a minus seven. Beat down. Okay, uh, let's go to the Colts at Bills. I've got the the Bills and the under. Bills not covering the spread, though, uh, but I have them winning 27-21. All right, this is another team. I'm taking I'm taking the point. I mean, I'm you know, taking the Bills minus seven right here, and I'm going to go 27-17. Okay, and now Cowboys at Chiefs. Uh, we just talked about this one, but I've got the – Cowboys plus uh, two. I've got them. I take the money line on this one straight up 35-33 in Arrowhead. I'm also going with the Cowboys plus two and a half. And I'm going to go with a final score of 31-28 Dallas. Nice. Okay. And let's move on to my games. Bengals at Raiders. Uh, I've got the Raiders plus one and a half. They win 28-27. So another one, I take the money line with the Raiders over the Bengals. Yep. Also, I'm, I'm sticking with that as well. Going with the Raiders against the Bengals, I think that the, the more mature team here, the more veteran team is going to be able to keep it together. Uh, you know, you did have a guy in a Waller had a slow game. I think he's going to get back on track. So I'm going with the Raiders, and we are going 
Okay. And I agree with you, Waller, big game. Uh, Cardinals at Seahawks. I've got the Cardinals covering easily 28-21 and the over. Seahawks having trouble scoring. I'm going with the Cardinals as well. I'm going to go 24-17. Okay. And our final game, Packers at Vikings, what we just talked about. I've got the Packers covering the minus one spread, 23-21. And that would be the under. All right. I'm taking the Packers as well. And like you said, money line in that game. I'm going to go 27-23 Packers. Okay. All right. I like it. So, uh, you know, we talked about our games. Let's open it up to some callers on call-in. Let's see if uh, we have any questions from uh, the 13 live people. Oh, it looks like we've got one. Josh, you're, you're on. You're muted, but you're on with us. What do you got? What's up, guys? So I got a dilemma right now on my fantasy team. Um, am I going to start Kirk Cousins or am I going to start Joe Burrow right now? Uh, I'm going to go with I, – I would go with uh, Joe Burrow against the Raiders. Raiders' defense has been really bad, and there's not even a team that's really going to take the ball away. I feel like he's going to be a little bit more comfortable playing against that defense as opposed to uh, Kirk Cousins against the Packers, who Packers have some playmakers on that defense side of the ball that can make you pay, and they can kind of uh, shrink the field a little bit. So, yeah, I'm going to go with – I would go with Joe Burrow there. What about you, Lance? Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I've got Burrow as a low-end QB1 this week against the Raiders. I think they're going to have a lot of success. And like I said, I think it's a good fantasy DFS stack. Um, you could even go multiple receivers, I think, if you wanted to go uh, Chase and uh, Higgins. I would avoid Boyd. He just doesn't do as well when uh, Higgins and Chase are both healthy. So those would be the two. And, yeah, definitely Burrow. All right. We've got one more caller, Alex. Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm wondering after uh, the beginning of the season with failing to give the Cowboys their due respect, what's really changed to get them up to the top of the rankings? They had a no-show against the Broncos and had no competition against the Falcons. Uh, I can take that one since they're number one in my power rankings. Uh, I think the big thing, I think there were a couple things. One, you didn't exactly know how uh, Dak was going to perform. He started off a little slow. His arm just wasn't there in the the foot speed wasn't there coming off the injury and everything, but it's really the defense. The defense is completely changed. Uh, they don't need to rely on Dak to throw five touchdowns a game and everything. They could be more ball control with that offensive line, which has been good for them. And then uh, Micah Parsons has been a revelation. He's been probably my favorite rookie this season. He, It's incredible that he can be playing a all pro level at two different positions. Like if he wanted to just be a pass rusher, he could do that. If he wanted to just be a linebacker, he could do that. So he's completely transformed that, that along with uh, Randy Gregory being much better. And then Trevon Diggs uh, taking the next step, I think has really changed things. And then being in such an easy winnable division, I think they can stack up wins and get that one seed. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Cowboys, they're just playing really good football. And obviously like, you know, they had the stinker against, the Broncos, but even in, in the other game, playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I mean, that was a shootout. You talked about uh, Dak Prescott maybe not being at his best, you know, still kind of getting his feet underneath him. And even then, I mean, he had a terrific game outside of just a couple miscues. Yeah, so he was still great. I'm yeah. really confident with what we're seeing from the Dallas Cowboys on more of a consistent basis. I think all teams kind of have that one game where they play a little down. Cowboys, they bounce right back and, you know, were extremely explosive last week against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, we are finding out that the Falcons are just not good, but I still am bullish on the Dallas Cowboys, and I thought that was a good game to get them back 
in the rhythm, and I kind of like them moving forward. So yeah, if I if I had a power ranking, they would they would be number one in mine. Yeah, it's kind of just like it's like dropping your lowest test score. You know, like every team has a bad game. It seems like there is no clear cut like this is a Super Bowl like favorite or anything. So I think you can kind of forgive like a one game blip for a lot of these teams and the Cowboys have just been so good. And I think them bouncing back against a bad Falcons team shows that. Any other uh, callers who wants to, who wants to talk? Nobody. Come on, you 12 people. (laughs) <laughs> all right well uh well i think you know appreciate everybody that came in here you know this is our first time getting after it you know mine and lance's first time really talking with each other and you know obviously we're going to be doing this every week so we have to continue to kind of build that continuity and everything you know with the conversation and with the fans as well but i think this was a good one to kind of start off with yeah i think uh we think we killed it like i'm a little biased but uh i think we did a good job for the first time uh and then, yeah, everyone that's listening, spread the word. We're going to do this every week. Um, make sure to download Colin. Obviously, you guys have, but anybody who doesn't listen to it through that way. And then uh, follow Lines on Twitter at Lines and then on Instagram, Lines underscore sports. You can follow me on Twitter at Casually Ginger. Uh, Crocky, what do you want to plug? Oh, yeah, at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. And I actually have in my Twitter bio a link that link the link thing or whatever that has like everywhere that you can find me, whether it's Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff. So follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker, click that link and it'll take you to everything that I'm doing. Cool. Yeah. Follow us and we'll be back uh, next week. Bye everybody.